Welcome aboard on this Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. Martin Kilquin with you. The Kilquin Conversation coming to you from the KTRS studios. We have a bit of a tradition around here. Every Monday after the Super Bowl, I've got my buddy Bob Lackey who comes to the studio. And for decades, he was the point man for Anheuser-Busch, not just chief marketing officer, but for those Super Bowl commercials. And they would meet with uh, August Bush and he would say, okay, what's the plan? Okay, how much? What's the commercial? And in the room, they'd have to say, yeah, boss, we got this thing with these frogs. I'm sorry, what? Oh, no, no, no. This year we're going to do lizards. I'm sorry, what? But they would dominate in terms of the USA Today ad meter winning it. Oh, man, I think they won it like 10 years in a row with these creative spots. So Bob loves the Super Bowl commercial topic. I think we're all in the same place that in recent years – it's just gotten so out of whack. I mean, it's so weird. The celebrities are just kind of random. Uh, and Bob keeps notes. Again, I've always said I don't want to watch the game with him. I don't think his family does either because he takes all these notes about the commercials. Uh, the USA Today ad meter gave it to State Farm and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I agree with that. I thought that was funny. I liked it. You had the Danny DeVito payoff. So we'll get into all of that. Bob's just a lot of fun to talk to. What worked, what didn't. That's part of the conversation, of course. The Chiefs are the champs again. And somebody tell me, and we said it, Brendan and I talked about it, how are the Chiefs underdogs? How does Vegas go into a room and decide, yeah, I don't know, yeah, that Andy Reid, that Patrick Mahomes, that Kelsey guy, that kicker, Butker, they're all pretty good, but yeah, they're probably the underdog. How? In what world? And even in that whole game, you knew the Chiefs were going to win. I'm sorry. I I didn't care who won. I really didn't. If the Chiefs win, it's fine. If you're not a big Chiefs fan around St. Louis, it's going to get harder and harder to stomach because that's all you're going to see and hear about. Uh, but Mahomes is is impossible to beat. I'm sorry. He's 15-3 and three in the postseason. He's 15-3. and three. And at halftime, the Niners are winning 10-3. to three. And over at Fox 2, I said to our producer, Dave Job, I said, man, the, the Niners blew it. The Chiefs weren't very good, and they're right there. They're right where they need to be. You just knew it would happen, and I'll be darned if the NFL doesn't always come out on top. You've got a first half where you're watching saying, oh, this Super Bowl stinks. If you're at a party, you're like, I don't know, I'm just going to go home. This game's not going anywhere. It's a lot of punts, not any fun. What happens? The ending's great. The drama is there. The ball's in the hands of Mahomes with a chance to win it. There's a fourth down that he has to convert. It's unbelievable for the NFL. On top of that, the over-under was at 47.5 all week. I'm not a big gambling guy, but I was paying attention to some of this. So it was 47.5. Before the game, it moved to 46.5. So the official final number, I guess, was 46.5. What was the final score? 25 to 22. 47 points. Can you imagine if you bought in at the 47 and a half? You took the over and you kick the extra point. Kick the extra. I know the Chiefs just won. Line up. Kick the extra point. That would have made it 48. Again, it's unbelievable. It's not scripted, but it is unbelievable how this stuff sort of plays out with the NFL. It's just the best thing on TV. The Super Bowl for many years was a bust. Every year the Broncos would lose like 50 to 10. The games were bad. That's changed. Like everything with the NFL in the last 10 years where they've dominated. You know, Sports Center on ESPN used to be a little bit about baseball, a little bit about basketball, a little bit about football. 
And now it's all about football. But for a time there, the games were bad. Well, now everything's just going their way, and the Chiefs get it done. Travis Kelsey runs over Andy Reid, and now everybody laughs about it. If they lose that game, maybe we're talking about Kelsey and the Chiefs. There's dysfunction on the sideline. But they win. Can't talk about any of that. They've won three out of the last five years. It was great fun. It's Vegas. It's hard to do better than Vegas for a big game, especially the NFL, where everything's over the top, overdone. Vegas is perfect for that. You got Usher on roller skates. I mean, it's it's the perfect setting for the Super Bowl. I've seen it mentioned a couple of places. Hey, they should host it every year. I, I, I'm not against that. Anybody going to the Super Bowl would be just fine with that because you're going to get good weather if you're a fan and you want to golf and just hang out in Vegas. They're going to rotate it. New Orleans next year on Fox, by the way. Brendan and I like geeking out on the TV stuff. Fox has it next year. Uh, commercial spots locally were like eighty to 100,000. What were they at the network level? Like $7 million? The, the The NFL is just a beast. That's all there is to it. And I'm sure there's some people listening who say, I hate the NFL, and I get it. But, man, the product. We don't like the people. We like the product. Uh, we'll talk all about the game itself. Brendan Weese and I will break it down at the end of the show. The Chiefs get it done again. Kyle Shanahan is going to just have to carry that narrative a little bit longer can't win the big game and you're saying well he's only been in a couple Super Bowls with the Niners both times they lost to Mahomes but he still got the stain of that Atlanta loss to New England because he was the offensive coordinator and they blew what a 28 to 3 lead Falcons did and Shanahan was the OC on that staff so that story's not going anywhere we'll talk commercials when we come back MAC one of our great sponsors that's the Missouri Athletic Club Been in St. Louis since 1903. Beautiful downtown location on Washington Avenue. You've probably been to a wedding there or an event, maybe the Jack Buck Sports Awards. They also have a second clubhouse, the West Clubhouse. A lot of kids playing sports out there. Camps during the summer, outdoor pool. Adults can do pickleball. They made fun of that in one of the commercials. I think it was the E-Trade commercial. Little kids said, what's pickleball anyway? Uh, It's kind of like tennis for little kids, except old people do it or adults do it. But if you want to learn pickleball, get better at tennis, get into fitness, you can do all these different things at both clubhouses, downtown, out west, get a personal trainer, or use it for business purposes, host a happy hour, host a business lunch, great social opportunities, food's great, service is awesome, all of it under one roof. It's the MAC, the Missouri Athletic Club. Find out more at mac-stl.org. It is a tradition here on the Kilcoin Conversation. The day after the Super Bowl, we all sit at the water cooler at the office, talk about the commercials. Oh, this one was funny. Oh, that one was stupid. I said, you know what? The only opinion I want is from Bob Lackey because for decades at Anheuser-Busch, he was the Super Bowl guy. They had to win the USA Today ad meter, and there was a lot of pressure from the brewery. And uh, what was your actual title? Bob Lackey is the guest. He needs no introduction. Yes. That's why I almost forgot. Thank you, uh, Longtime executive at Anheuser-Busch, marketing officer, many different titles, global brand director. Yeah, and friend of Martin, the media mogul. So Thank that's you. the one I hold the highest of steam. Uh, and, uh, by yeah. the way, I always say Bob Lackey holds the title. The only person who's friends with Kevin Slayton and Tony LaRusso. There you go. That's <laughs> It's hard to do, yeah. Uh, but it's fun. We like to yeah. break and them down. And Post Malone, that's another buddy of mine. Now. Is that right? No, I'm just Post kidding. Malone. No, I think last no. time you were here, Bud Light was in the middle of all the controversy. Yes, and kind of trying to dig their way out. It's quieted down. All things sort of do calm down a little bit. We'll get to right. the A B spots because I know you love doing that. Right. Um, 
what we've always complained about, I think, is that there maybe in the last ten years, all the Super Bowl commercials are trying too hard, right? Even the cameos, the celebrities. Yep. Um, did it change this year for you? No. I, in fact, it went to another level of insanity as far as celebrities are concerned, I felt. And, and you know, I just – honestly, when I remember what it was like in those years of de- developing our own commercials, the, the thing you were always getting prodded on from your creative teams, you know, from the advertising agencies where you get your ideas, and sometimes from brand managers that worked for you that were driving the process at, at you know, the initial levels – Hey, I always wanted to work with this guy or that girl or that. And it became, you know, and Pepsi really started that 20, 30 years Michael ago. Michael Jackson? Was yeah, that? Elton John and everybody else. And, and that whole thing worked very well for Pepsi. It was a great strategy, but everybody felt, you know, we have to have a celebrity spokesperson. So I thought this year was an absolute, like, unbelievable overdose. Like a barrage. <laughs> like beyond. I mean, like to the point where, I mean, home.com was the greatest example, not to jump into the spots, but it was like, why is Daniel Levy, why is Jeff Goldblum, and Jeff Goldblum, somebody should just shoot him because, uh, in a nice kind way, with a wow, belt, is there with a, a nice pellet, with okay. a pellet. Now, okay. I didn't mean it the way it sounded. because A Nerf gun. Yeah, yeah. a Nerf gun. It's something soft <laughs> to remind him, this, this can't be your only source of income to come back to the Super Bowl every year and just... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's just terrible because everybody gets in love with these celebrities. They want them in there, and pretty soon they have them in three or four montages, and pretty soon you can't even remember who's who. And right. if you're not young enough, you may not know who uh, this person is or that person is, particularly in the entertainment genre. So how can a consumer who's watching football for the first time maybe you know, of the year, older audience maybe, how are they supposed to know what brand this is while somebody's trying to explain them? Oh, did you know that's Post Malone? Oh, did you know that's Beyonce? And the you know, and and some people just don't know. It's going so fast, and so that was my complaint. I saw it happening across the board. Way too many celebrities to the point where it was detrimental to the brand being recognized. What I thought was funny, it was the uh, Coors Light, the the train. And it was LL Cool J was driving the train. Right. But the female, as he crashes through the wall, says, hey, LL Cool J. Yeah. And I thought, are they doing that just in case some people don't know who it is? And I thought, if that's true, then you've already made a mistake. Well, if you have to say, maybe it was exactly. Just that's do you exa- think? Do you think that's why they oh, included I, it? Yes, I know that's I why, thinking, because I've seen it. I've done it. I mean, you, they it's include like, the names hey, and nobody misses it. Well, hey, we, Glenn Close. Remember right. that one? That was like, another one, yeah. Well, she's on a horse, and it's like, what? Am, what is she doing here, first of all? <laughs> she looks like that crazy lady from uh, Beat Bobby Flay, that judge with the wild hair. Right. I didn't know, was that her or was that Glenn Close? And it just it's just somebody that wanted to work with Glenn Close or she was available. I don't know what's going on. And that was the Tina Fey commercial. And as we sit yeah. here now, I couldn't tell you what it was for, I which d- is one of our beefs every year, right? You yeah, don't and it's terrible. I got my notes in front of me and I can't dig. I don't want to. I think dig. it was like VRBO or something like that. I or... don't remember. I, it just, it's so <laughs> bad. I, but that's my point. That was my biggest beef. Uh, the only time celebrities to me were working and they were some of my favorite spots, is I, I really did enjoy, because I know the, the shtick, when you were looking at uh, the T-Mobile tryouts, that was a pretty cool. They had two episodes, I think two different spots, and you had some interesting people in there, Bradley Cooper, you had the guys from Suits. 
that were you know auditioning to do something. Right. And also the done, concept was created. It was, but again, it was like you were more infatuated. Oh, that's soups and I, or suits, and I love you know the character Harvey and oh you know that's great. And then I'm kind of losing track of what the spot's about. And then I saw the Dunkin' Donut spot with J Lo and Affleck and Damon and Tom Brady. That worked for me because I thought, hey, that's the inside New England. If you lived in Boston, Dunkin' Donuts home company base. I get it. But does everybody know that, right? And it seemed a little gratuitous, but it was funny. And, and it I was th- so cheesy or silly that I think yeah, it was good. It, it wasn't. I think like they owned it. Like well, this is going to be so dorky, cheesy. Yeah, and Damon's that- little aside comment was hilarious, where he was like, you know, oh my god, I can't believe we're doing this. You know, it was really right. well done. As far and as it scored celebrity. well too, I think people yes. liked it. I think it was ranked as one of the top five spots in the Super Bowl according to Ad, Ad Meter. And so I thought, wow, that's good. And then, you know, the penultimate spot that actually won the ad meter this year, and I'm not surprised, was Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito showing up. And I did, you know, for as big a fan as I I, I am of those two, I kind of lost my interest. And and I was given it in my own mind, wow, this is pretty cool. Arnold can't pronounce neighbor. I get it. I get it. (laughs) And then they got to gratuitously put in the Jake guy character, which kind of threw it off for me. But then when DeVito showed up, I'm like, what? what, is this just another celebrity? And I forget about twins Twins. and all the other things. So I was like, I know this stuff and I'm still thrown by the amount of celebrity action going on. But for State Farm, with with the level of advertising they've done in the football season past, they have been brilliant in terms of how they use Mahomes, uh, Andy Reid. This whole Jake from State Farm thing has just lived for the last two to three years, and now they're paying it off in the Super Bowl. And it may mean they're they're shifting a little bit to get into a new space, but God bless them. That's really good stuff. Was your blink that you liked it? Because I liked it. The neighbor, neighbor, the fact that yeah, he can't well, neighbor, say it. that was the whole idea, right? I mean, but that it was, was, it was I thought funny. it was funny. It and was funny. Devito showing up, and it was the it's the brand theme line or tagline to getting pounded and pounded and pounded, and the fact that it was trading on true lies. Obviously, the movie where he was the secret agent. I get it. And I thought as far as popular See, I didn't co- get that until you just said it. I just well, – now it yeah. makes sense. So you okay. helped me and I'm helping All you. Right. <laughs> so, there, yeah. The, and the, that one won the ad meter. So I right. think – and we agree that that was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Walken, I kind of like that where – Yeah, but – Oh, I can tell you didn't like it. Well, no, I – They're all doing know, the accent because everybody kind of has – I love Christopher has, Walken. But ever since he did the Spike Jones uh, video, if nobody's seen that, they should Google it. It's, it's unbelievably hilarious because the man was a great dancer. But it had nothing to say about BMW. It, right. Nothing. Zero. Right. And it was just people aping on him. I think they were saying, though, he's an original and this car oh, is Oh, give a, me up. Oh, come on. I'm telling the marketing rate. guy how to sell it. Yeah. So, you know, I wish you, you were there with Mr. Bush in those days, Martin. <laughs> Uh, I, but, but did you enjoy the spot at all, or does your brain not allow that? Where you say, "Okay, it didn't hit the I, hole I just, as a marketing." My brain is. It, I'm all. You know, my wife thinks I, I'm pitiful, probably. Well, I think she does. Think I I'm wouldn't pitiful. want to watch the game with. Well, you. no, decided. she doesn't either. And so I go. I watch it by myself. <laughs> Most people, I, I upset because I do watch it and I get upset when I see a missed opportunity. I love Christopher Christopher Walken. Who who doesn't? But he he is he's just a shtick. He's it's become a, a caricature. A yeah, yeah. And it's like 
I've always this is classic creative person. I always want to work with Christopher Walken. So let's just design a commercial where I can, you know. So you're saying people at ad agencies will say stuff like that. Let's get Tina Fey. Call her people. Let's get so and so. In my day, it was uh, Jason Alexander. I must have told you two, three different agencies over the course of five to ten years had said, and now we're going to have Jason Alexander jumping out of an airplane. Well, eventually, Frito Lay did do that shtick, but I had people telling me, and we said, no, we need to own the celebrity. So when we had a pseudo-celebrity, or we'd create our own, like Johnny, the guy, I love you, man. Or when Cedric the Entertainer came on, he was coming off Kings of Comedy, which really wasn't a well-known concert tour. Uh, but it, he was a kind of a well-known entity, but he didn't, you know, it wasn't, oh, hey, Cedric the Entertainer. Right. It was him doing the Bud Light thing. And the, and the brand has got to be served by these celebrities. You can't serve the celebrity. Interesting. And it, it's well, just, even you know, What's Up or the What's Up, yep. Real Men of Genius. I'm thinking yep. about this as yeah, we're we talking about it. Them ourselves. Uh, the I Love You Man, all that stuff. Yep. Those were not celebrities. They became celebrities. Right. We would have the What's Up guys on the Fox 2 shows. and like, Yeah. But you're yeah. right. They weren't. Well, that's why I had... The spot worked first. Right. And and speaking of celebrities, not to segue, you are leading this interview, by the way. I'm sorry I'm doing this. No, you're Uh, good. But I really had to get this out because I was really proud of the Bud Light Genie spot. I really was because they created their own guy, right? And it was very funny. But it started to get into the, okay, Celebrity 1, Celebrity 2. We've got Peyton Manning. We do this. But I think what they were trying to do was really get out of that that Dylan Mulvaney controversy. Let's get the hardest core, hardcore guys, Post Malone, Peyton Manning, Manning, and people that will be our friend and convey that we're back, that we're this, you know. And, you know, even when he says genie to the guy at the bar and he he zaps him and turns him into a dog, I mean, it was very much very more right-wing, I would say, in terms of its attitude and trying to embrace that middle America beer drinker again. And a real big move for them. And the only thing I regret for those guys is I was thinking about it. Not after I saw the spot, I thought, yeah, good for them. It doesn't quite link to what they're selling, which is easy to drink, easy to like. It's more about people wanting to have fun or people will do anything to get a Bud Bud Light. I don't think their strategy is locked in, you know. But that would have been really great if they had done two thirties with this character and established him as a character. And then they could run that character for the next couple, next year. So it really used that Super Bowl ad as a launching point for a campaign. I, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, the agency that developed it has been with them a long time, and hats off to them. Uh, I think. So you actually yeah. like, because I know you're yeah. critical of a lot of their stuff. Yeah, I, I was, and, I mean, and it's yeah. kind of like we're toughest on our own kids too. That's your yeah. your former baby over there at AB. Well, so, I I thought it was I thought it was just really good. It was funny, yeah. and the actor who plays it, uh, I, gee, I can't remember his name, Sonny, whatever. I he, can picture him. And did you like the payoff when they came out to them at the Super Bowl in the suite? Yeah. Well, that was paid for. I mean, AB. Well, for sure. That's expensive. As you could see on every uh, promo and every Jim Nance is saying, and the Bud Light, hey, this is it. The Bud Light, you know, know, delay of game penalty. It was everywhere. (laughs) So they were dropping a lot of money. And those cutaways to the celebrities was definitely pushed right through CBS. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah, uh, they had it scripted. Yeah. Like, when you but, come out of that commercial there. But back in the day when Tony Pontero and Peter McLaughlin were running our media, man, it was like we owned the Super Bowl. And it was kind of a little reminiscent of how we used to operate. But they And we did it with, you know, 12, 30-second units. So we were buying stuff. But AB seemed to get some real pop out of what is not a lot of inventory, although they were one of the biggest marketers in the game. 
You know, they had two thirty or two sixties, I believe, in a thirty, or maybe they had three sixties. I can't remember in terms of unit length. So uh, they had the messy spa for Mick Ultra. They had, oh, they had a couple few, of Mick Ultras, right? The second Mick Ultra I thought was a local one. I didn't know that that was on the game itself. Maybe okay. I'm wrong because I was finding there were two local, and they can do that around the country well, by a bunch of local spots. Well, yeah, sure. every you know CBS locally gets For sure. some inventory. You know what they what they pay local? So Camel V Channel Four had the Super Bowl, right? And with the Chiefs on, I haven't seen the numbers yet. I bet it was about five or six hundred thousand people in this area watching that game, right? Do you know what a thirty second spot costs locally? No. It's about eighty to a hundred grand for a thirty compared to six million. Well, dollars. I know, but still, for some local companies to <laughs> no, shell it out, that's it's, a, that is a lot. But that's interesting if Mick Ultra went into the market and actually. Well, I ads. don't know that, but to right. me, that was a non-Super Bowl spot. That uh, was just a right. rather pedestrian thirty-second spot. Well, how about uh, what they should have done? In my humble opinion, is make the messy spot two thirties. Because him kicking the ball to himself, I have no idea where Dan Marino came from in that spot. It's like, are you kidding me? He was on the boat for well, some no, reason. No, somebody wanted to have a spot with Dan Marino in it. It's like but he, he was in two. He was in an M&M yeah, spot. Like, he was in the McUltra spot. I just, it drives me crazy because there's no purpose for it. Right. I mean, first of all, Messi shouldn't be, you know, throw, and then Dan Marino's not throwing a soccer ball that far. I mean, I just, my logic brain works <laughs> and I, I go, no, this can't be happening. Why are they, they're blowing this spot. And yet Ted Lasso, Sudeikis yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, Sudeikis is in there. And I, I, but with the soccer thing, maybe that works, leave Marino out. I would love to be in the creative room yeah. with you and other people because what you're talking about is the script has to make sense. Yes, exactly. Not who the celebrity is, not what the product is, but how does this make sense? Well, I guarantee you that on Holmes.com, they probably hired Daniel Levy. Wasn't that him? Who was, I don't know. I think that. it was. Uh, but I, I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Then whoever it is, it is probably had a seat at the table on how to write the script. That's why that stuff was unimaginably complex, and I have no idea what they're doing. Right. <laughs> they had three spots in that game, and I have no idea what they were selling, other than him mugging for the camera. Right. And they had another celebrity. I think Goldblum was in Apartments.com. He's Apartments, yeah. Yeah, but regardless, it's the same animal, right? And it right. was kind of like, why? What is, what is going on here? What are you communicating? You're not communicating the brand. Now, Kia was a great spot. With the little girl figure skating, yeah. and grandpa's I, watching and crying. Well, and I the... tried to go back and I had to watch it again on the replay somewhere. And I thought, now, wait a second. What, where did the, what's this beautiful ice rink outside a house? <laughs> I mean, I get it. Uh, and the, the old man is obviously not skating out there. So I get it now when I saw the empty seat on the original play of it again. Right. I didn't see that at, the, at her Well, you didn't see the seat. I okay. missed the seat. I was watching the father. You and were I, getting dip and chips and you know, no, I was just, Bud Light. I was, I don't, I was, get, I was angry about the— uh, Bob's the only one who yeah, gets up yeah. during the game and comes back for the commercial. <laughs> Bob Lackey yeah. is our guest. We're breaking down the Super Bowl commercials. Fun to do because for how many years did you guys win the ad meter? At USA Today, which was the ten gold years, standard. Yeah, ten ten years. years in a row. And we it took us a couple of years to get uh, past that point where we could beat Pepsi and beat uh, FedEx. was real big at the time. McDonald's was actually a player. Uh, and we finally hit it, I think it was in 1999, with a spot about uh, little baby Dalmatians being separated at birth at a fire station. They were brought in to the firehouse. And the guys picked out a puppy, and one went on the hitch, and the other one went somewhere else. Right? Isn't it crazy? I remember that. Yeah, and, well, the, like and the somewhere else was one went on the Budweiser hitch, one stayed on a fire truck. And they passed each other later in life. 
you know, seven years later. And they kind of caught each other's yeah. eye. I and remember the guy that. that felt like he had been slighted was able to give a strawberry to his brother that, hey, I'm on the hitch. You're stuck on a fire truck. Okay. And that was the story. And that won our first uh, ad meter number one spot. And then we won it nine more years in a row with a variety of Clydesdale spots, as well as a lot of good humor from Bud Light. Uh, from Bud Light. You know, it's uh, satin sheets, guy flying off the bed, right. <laughs> uh, different things like that. So, you know, they once you get on a strategy and you have different creative teams able to understand what you're trying to do, you have better control as a client. It's like, well, no, this is what we do. Well, I'd like Jason Alexander to jump. No, no, we don't need yet. We need a, a guy, a character if that's what you want to do, you know, and I'm making an extreme example, but you, you know, you don't take celebrities in there unless you need them and, and unless it, it fits. And if we, I'm Dan you know, Marino, I'm thinking his agent calls him, Hey, they want you to do a spot with M&Ms cause you didn't win a ring and you're going to be with Terrell Owens or Bruce Smith. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Hey, Mick Ultra wants you to be on a boat with Lionel Messi. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, really? Am I in demand? Okay. Sounds good. Like randomness. The other one, was uh, What a Feeling, the song from Flashdance, yes. was in two commercials, totally separate. I didn't see the that. The song, one was the the Candy Nerds, and they played What oh, a Feeling, yeah. and yeah. then later, I forget which spot it was, used that song again. I'm that's, like, that's it's a, a big year for Irene Cara. Well, that's a, fa- that's a faux pas on somebody's part. I mean, for of course, you don't always up. know what everybody's doing. Right. You, also, you also, even with the amount of knowledge we had, because we were the biggest advertiser for all those years we were winning it, we were able to get into the networks and find out who, who was in and, you know, who was in with how many spots. And we started the the routine. It was before we even won the Super Bowl, the ad meter, the first one. We were pre-releasing some of our spots, at least some of the content. See, I hate that, and they and, all do it now. Well, we, star- smart, we started it, like and it. we, we did, never played the whole spot. We always gave them a taste of you know, scenes of the Clydesdales or whatever, and then everybody took it and ran with it. So, yeah, I don't like it either. But uh, but in the end, I think in this kind of uh, attention deficit disorder world we live in, I think it's <laughs> you probably have helpful. To. Yeah. All right, give me a spot that you believed in, Budweiser, Bud Light. Not from your – we're going to take a break, come back with our winners and losers, but one that you thought would do well and it didn't. And, and I'm talking Super Bowl. You had a, a spot with a Clydes. Well, those always did well. Did you have yeah. any any one spot that maybe finished third and you're like, oh, that should have won? Any that well, stood I, out? Well, I would say, you know, I would say that we actually had a couple years, and this is going to sound like a cop-out, where we had so many good spots, and a good so many means – you know, three, maybe three out of the six or seven that we had to have in the game to fill our capacity because some were 60s, most were 30s. We had a couple years where if I could have pulled those spots, one was, uh, uh, it was called uh, Falcon, and it was about a guy at a rooftop party in New York City uh, having a Falcon come in with a Bud Light, and he'd wow the girls at the, at the rooftop party. And he'd go, wow, you know, where did he get it? You know, how did he do that? And, he, and the guy who's holding the Falcon goes, I don't know. And then it's a hard cut to this Falcon dive bombing, you know, like uh, outdoor cafes. And watch out, stealing, here he comes again. Stealing people's beers. It's the funniest spot because of the abrupt <laughs> change. And it's hilarious. And then the Falcon comes up uh, holding a bra at the end, which is a little joke at the end. That was a spot that absolutely would have knocked the, knocked a, I think it got beat by a Clydesdale spot. So it was like the number two or number three best spot. And, you know, we had another one that we had at 45 seconds. We added 15 seconds to it because it was like a movie was uh, Budweiser being held hostage, bottles of Budweiser at a steak and lobster restaurant. 
and the lobster was going into the pot, grabbed the buds that were being about to be served, and then held them hostage. And to held, protect themselves. Right, okay. and it's a brilliant spot. It's like movie quality, Scorsese directed. He, he didn't direct it, but that whole vibe, it was very unbelievable. And it finished second to another Clydesdale spot. So it was kind of like, gosh, if we did, we loaded it up with such great creative, you wish you could have said, boy, I know that's going to win. And the Clydesdale, I thought, was maybe going to be too soft of a message. I was surprised that the 9-11 spot, where we bowed to the memory of 9-11, wouldn't have ranked higher. But I know it was such a, an emotional, uh, difficult topic for some people to absorb. But it still uh, got the 11th spot in the ad meter the year it aired. And it was something that was real hard for us to, you know, to go ahead and do it. But when we did it and executed it properly, I thought, you know what, this should really be at the top. Not that you wanted it to be. That's not my, our motive. But it was one that we thought would resonate with America. And I think for many people, it probably was just too much. You know? All right. Let's get to our winners and losers. We'll take a quick break. Bob yeah. Lackey, longtime executive at Anheuser-Busch, chief marketing officer, the guru of those Super Bowl ads with us. We'll be right back. I'm sure Bob's been hanging out downtown when it comes to soccer, going to City Park. We are back, man, next week. Up and running again at City Park with City SC returning to action. First match, it's a CONCACAF match with Houston. That's on Tuesday of next week. The pitch has been rocking all year, but really it's going to pick up during the soccer season. It's the soccer hangout, and it's been that way for about a year. The pitch is on the west side of Union Station. Awesome place. Beautiful athletic club and tavern. Great food, great drinks, beautiful setting. And it is just steps away from City Park, literally across the street. You can't miss it. You can't miss it or miss it. Mitch, pitch, pitch, put it all together, right? It's the pitch is what I'm talking about here. You can't miss it. i got to slow down. I'm all hyper and excited to talk about these commercials. It's the latest creation, the pitch is, from Bob and Steve O'Loughlin, who have Redone Westport Plaza right here at KTRS. We can see it happening every day. They went in and redid Union Station, brought in the aquarium, the Ferris wheel. These guys know what they're doing, and they've created a great soccer hangout. Fans of the Champions League, the Bundesliga, knew all about it. Stop by. It's right there on Market Street, directly across from City Park. It is the pitch. All right, Bob Lackey with us. Let's get through our list of favorites. I already mentioned, I like that Christopher Walken. It was BMW. You weren't crazy about it. We all like the the State Farm, Arnold, Neba. Yeah. He can't say yep. Neba. Yep. Um, I like the Mr. T Sketchers because I like Mr. T. Yep. But I'm assuming everybody under 40 is like, who is this guy? Yeah, he was uh, – yeah, his skin was dragging. He didn't look like Mr. T. He was he was not. I, well, I think, he's, he's probably what mid to late sixties. I don't know. I think he's older than that. And I also think the shtick is old. But also, okay. I don't think well, anybody. Geez, I, let me hold on. Let me cross it off. No, my I'm list. not saying you're old. I'm just saying I'm old. I just but think he's probably so far gone as a celebrity you would recognize, in my humble opinion. Right. The, but the the concept of there's no T in Skechers is kind of funny. But Mr. T isn't relevant enough See, for it See, I didn't to pick that up. I that picked, was, I picked uh, up on the easy to slip on. You, we, gotta, we need to watch uh, yeah. together. Yeah, yeah There's no T in Skechers. That's how it started. It was more about it's easy. Uh, only a fool would wear a shoe that he couldn't right. put I on. I pity the fool who wouldn't. Okay. Right. Right. I understand. All right. All right. Well, we don't what about agree. Judge Judy as a celeb? Judge Beauty? Yeah. No. Okay. No, don't right, like I'm that. crossing that Sorry. up, too. Sorry. Oh, you, why don't you tell me? All right. I've got one for you. Uh, well, you know, we hated uh, – I hated Jeff Goldblum. I don't hate him personally. If well, you I, were shooting him with a Nerf gun no, at the I'm beginning not, of the yeah, segment. No, with a Nerf gun, for sure. Uh, I thought the Kia spot was great. I thought the Kia spot with the little girl 
and then connecting it to Grandpa, who gives her a 10. I thought that was beautiful, emotional. You know, I struggled on that one because it was like, well, where's the car here? I mean, what's the car? Well, the car did the light. It gave the GPS. It showed the mountain it's pass. It's all electric is the thing. It, yeah, I guess it, it in was. And it made I, I lost I thought the car lit up the rink. I didn't understand yeah. that. but Well, he did. And then <laughs> I don't know why I wrote this down, but I had high, uh, Hellman's Mayo. Uh, mayonnaise. They had a really cool spot and it was just... Oh, Kate McKinnon, who was on yeah, Saturday Night Live. It was I really think. well done. and It was clean on her. It was just Kate. And yeah. it was, you know, it was just kind of the shtick on Elle. So it was a good call to action and it was a it's good... It was kind of simple. Yeah, it was good. I like that. I thought that they was... They play good. off the mayo. Remember last year it was John Hamm and they had ham and mayo, which I didn't, I didn't hate that. That was pretty good. And I also thought that uh, Reese's uh, was stupid. And it was funny. They were going so over the board, old Bud Light era, people crashing through the wall because they were changing the Reese's formula. No, we're not. And the announcer was doing the the play back and forth. So to me, that was maybe 15 years ago a really good spot that would have maybe done well. And, uh, you know, I've got probably... The Doritos to me always, did they have the fans write them? Didn't they for a while let the fans submit? They did. They did one year or two years. I feel like maybe that'd be a good cop Well, yeah. we didn't write it. The fans did. Well, the two old elderly gals with the-, the Fighting new, over the- Yeah, uh, coming down a, the, uh, the di- Dinomita. Dinomita, or the whole thing was a play on word. I, well, I don't I don't know Spanish, so I don't even want to try, but I thought it was very clever and the- kid, Well, you liked the, it. The actresses were- Yeah, I did. I oh, thought okay. it was good. I, well, I mean, I really did. I thought it was a good good spot. And I mean, lastly, the one that should have been talked about was Dove. Uh, Dove is a decidedly female brand, I think. Uh, my mom had it. My wife buys it. And it was really a story about little girls, you know, growing and overcoming up. overcoming challenges, yeah, kind of. identity. Falling you know? in gymnastics. Self-identity, yeah. self-worth. And, and with so many grandkids like I have and little girls. And a daughter who went to yeah. Marquette, by the way. Yes, and she got out, she got out okay. She never <laughs> drank anything down there. Uh, at all your places yes. that you used to go to, um, so I thought the I thought Dove was really a good, beautiful spot. Did it not rate well? I didn't. Oh, it know. did very well. Okay. I think it was one of the top five spots. Okay, and I think it you know it hit the right notion. I mean, it got into the era of we're in the era of bullying and self worth. And, and it wasn't treachy, though. It kind of worked, it right? It was beautiful. I thought it was beautifully done. Well, the and, softer uh, side of Bob, I'm seeing here. All right, one that you won't that I'm sorry didn't make the ratings anywhere. Uh, Michael Sarah doing Cerave, you know, yeah. the cream was kind of a cute idea. I not too many people know Michael Sarah. Uh, and again, so, single celebrity instead yeah, of single minded yeah. and are probably a really good spot as you go. It was like Michael Bublé for Bublé. Remember that? I mean, you know, you could do that if the if the celebrity's name works. And I thought that was clever. But that's kind of where. I, you know, I did feel good drumstick, about... Drumstick, Dr. Umstick instead of drumstick. They, no, they were no. all on the plane. They all had a drumstick. But they was, is there a doctor? And it was D.R. Umstick. Yeah. Like, ah, that big, was like a dad joke. It's a big reach. That was, yeah, was, I, that was written by an eighth grader. So right. no, it wasn't good. I thought that was kind of stupid. What about Neil Diamond, the Volkswagen? It was New York. Yeah, I loved were, it. Loved I, I like that. I love the song. I love Neil Diamond. I mean, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I thought it was good. And it, it, and had, it had a lot of imaging of old Volkswagen. So yeah. you couldn't miss who it was for i think the truth the truth of it is from our generation you go why did you guys ever leave the design you did and now they're into some obscure euro design on their cars and it it's lost its gestalt you know of course you know that little bug was maybe just a thing from the past but i they started there and we all remember that right uh but, but I thought the spot was... It was well done. What, and the Bud spot, we didn't mention Budweiser. I, I think I was running around at the last minute at TV, and it was like the old hitch wagon. I heard the load by 
the band, yeah, the weight. I, I, who doesn't love weight. that song? Take right? a load off. Right? But yeah, what yeah, was the Levi. spot? Um, this is a spot that I'm really troubled by because I saw it, and after it was over, I was like, I was into my, you know, Mr. Advertising head. Uh, man, did they blow an opportunity here because it was a good story. Uh, it was really a good story. It's a story about, you know, they're, they're in a snowstorm. It's at the brewery. Uh, apparently, they're, they're, they're going on some mission to deliver the beer no matter what. But I think the miss on this was not the story that the, the agency came up with. I think it's the director and the editor that screwed it up. And I think it's screwed up because it could have been so much better. It's a B minus in my, and it could have been an A plus. Could have been one of the top spots in the Super Bowl. And what happened was, when they leave, they got they got a guy who's I hate to say it this way. It was a bit of a a little bit too country as the guy that is the spokesperson for for the hitch. And they're outside what's supposed to be a brewery. And this guy's not dressed like our usual way we present our our guys around the hitch. They're dressed up. They're clean shaven. Green coat. They yep. speak normal. They're not going. They're, the, the guy was talking like Levon Helm. So right. he was like, "Hey, we're going to get on this now." And it's like, <laughs> really, okay. And then as the hitch leaves, the hitch has got nothing but stainless steel ugly kegs on it. Six, you know, the the whole big big kegs. And I'm thinking, no, whenever wood you're barrel, delivering beer, it, no, it, yeah, at least wooden barrel. But put the cases, the old classic wooden cases. Right. But it's going on a mission. So I got a problem with— Maybe you know too much, though, about the but brewery that's business. The way the brewery, right. that's the way the Clydesdales should be presented. Because from that point on, when they leave with Levon Helm's brother, you know, hey, let's go get them, boys. They could have had Walter <laughs> Brennan doing it, for goodness sake. So you kind of say to yourself— what, what are they doing? And then they go into a morass of, like, blizzards. You can't catch what's going on. Visuals are bad. And then they end up at some remote little bar, and and that's it. They're, they're giving them beer because they're running out. And it was like, wow. that's And then they do the A lot grocery, of work for that payoff. Well, or... the little dog kissing the, del- kissing the uh, Clydesdale. Just, it was using a lot of images from past, but not well edited, not well filmed. And not well casted. I mean, you should really have had a better representative. And this is picking it to pieces, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still this a is B- what you do, Bob. No, but it's no, a B minus. I think okay. it, you know. I think A B did a good job. Why don't you te- do you I teach any class? You should teach an advertising yeah. class. I'm yeah, I'd serious. have one person in the class. Oh, no. It would be me. That would <laughs> this, be it. Uh, I did write down, and I, I yeah. meant to bring this up earlier. I really liked it. The NFL spot in Africa, great stuff, and with all the players showing up, and then he ends with OCU Manura, oh, who is Nigerian descent, who I, played I, at a high I level. I wrote that down too. Really I, well done. I thought the other the little one, kid was great. The the self worth one series too about bullying. Yeah, reading and, and tough, big tough football you know, guys kind of reading. These into guys the have been in the top five the last NFL, couple of years, and, yeah. and they should be. They're doing a great job of marketing. And it's they, almost they, as if they have some money to spend too. And they have yeah, their disposal. Never thought but, of that. Yes, no, I think that Africa spot was really, really good. Oh, and last one I want to bring up. We got to run out of time here, but yep. RFK Jr. running for president. Oh, thank you for bringing that. up. That ended up last in the ad meter. I thought it was when I saw it. I thought it was kind of catchy. Apparently, his whole family was mad because they didn't want to be dragged into his political campaign. And he's apologized for it. Uh, yes, he politics really? is yeah. Apparently, because some family members said, "Don't show pictures of me in there." I guess there were some old Shriver kids. You know, I, I just did it work at all for you? Yeah, Forget politics. Well, if you can, I, I, first of all, I think I think it's brilliant to be able to go in to the Super Bowl and say, you know what, 
I, this is a great way to launch my candidacy. And he knows he's not going to win. But as an independent, that's a good way to do it. The huge mistake was using such a 1950s, you know, like going to Wally's or something, right. you know, on the expressway <laughs> where everything's like back in the day when you're driving a car across America. That imagery and that animated look, it just totally spoiled it for me. And I would have said if you could have convinced your family to use original JFK footage, original footage and blend it to the message that the Kennedys believe in, then that would have been powerful, especially with what we're going through as a country right now. So how many people, however— So you had a big chance to message there and kind of miss the moment. They blew the execution. But again, you have to ask yourself, in today's world, do people even remember John Kennedy? Right. The young, the young, or his dad, like, RFK. Yeah, yeah, and Bobby so and that's it. that's the part because I have great memories of that. My mother and father did, uh, and my, you know, it, he just it was a different time we lived in. So it was probably a little bit too much of a reach, but the execution could have been a lot better. So much fun talking to Bob Lackey. It's not the only time I talked to him, by the way. It's no, like, yeah. I'll see you again in one year, Bob. Yeah, I'll see you next week. Uh, thanks. Yeah. So much fun. Thanks for yeah. bringing your notes, for paying attention. I'm sorry your family has to sit through the game with yeah, you while you're awful. watching, but uh, yeah. always fun. Yeah, thanks, Martin. I had a great time. Bob and I could probably talk for three, four hours. We'd probably get some Bud Lights going and start arguing about these. I like it. He's combative. He's got his notes. Well, I think we disagreed more than we agreed on some of those commercials. I kind of like the Mr. T spot. I don't know. Maybe just because I like Mr. T. I'm sure most people are like, who's that? Who is that? All right, fun to talk to Bob about the commercials. Brendan Weesey and I will talk about the game itself. We'll do that a little bit more after this commercial break. also want to tell you about IRC. That's Illinois Recovery Center. Swansea, Illinois. This is a place helping folks get their lives back together. We're talking about addiction, whether it's drugs or alcohol, You know about the opioid crisis going on in our country right now. If you or a family member, somebody's looking for help, looking for hope, there is both available at Illinois Recovery Center. Swansea, Illinois, they went in and redid the entire facility, brand new. It's a campus, great place to get your life back on track. They've got an awesome team of people, professional staff using evidence-based treatments. They have individual therapy, group therapy. That's a big part of it. Got to meet, talk, and kind of get through the root of the addiction. And you can do it in this safe, inclusive environment. Residential, outpatient, they've got programs that will work for you. Find out more information at IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. We get to break down the Super Bowl on a Monday. The networks will break it down, oh, I don't know, for the next four or five months, I would guess. Brandon Weesey alongside KTRS Sports director, and tell me you watch the game, right? Of you course, do. I know yes. you're not a huge NFL guy, but you can't avoid the Super Bowl, right? I, I, absolutely. Even even with the Phoenix Open, with, the, with a two two hole playoff deep into the game, uh, Super Bowl game itself, uh, I was I was more interested in the football. I need to look at the ratings because on locally NBC Channel Five, that was going. The playoff and did it have a delay as well? It was it was going until about what six seven o'clock. It it, like. it went so seven fifteen our time is when they roughly run out of daylight because that's when they pulled the plug the last few days due to darkness. So I think they walked it up to about seven seven o five our time on on NBC. And I got to imagine the end of that tournament generally pulls a pretty good number walking right up to the Super Bowl. I can't imagine in that last hour and a half that it did very much. What I'm going to find out, and I'm scanning here to see if I had it in front of me. I don't have it. I'll bring it in tomorrow. The local ratings for the Chiefs, 
which has become a powerful brand it has around the country but especially in st louis folks have gravitated and some people i think became chiefs fans in that early 90s that joe montana marcus allen period when the big red was gone before the rams got here so i think some people have that allegiance that goes back away some folks are from that side of the state that live here now i understand that but if, if you're tired of hearing about the chiefs too bad because Mahomes is 28. He's got three Super Bowls. The rest of the team is young. The defense is young. And I just never doubted they would win. I mentioned this Carson's seventh grade basketball. One of the dads is from that side of the state, loves the Chiefs. And he's always like, I don't know. What do you think? I said, oh, They'll be fine. Buffalo. I said, Oh, you guys will beat Baltimore. Oh, you'll beat Baltimore. I kept saying that. I just couldn't picture Mahomes and the Chiefs losing. This is going to sound strange, but if you're going to get the Chiefs, this was the year to get them. They're going. They're going to get more explosive on offense, right? I mean, that's just going to happen. Be it through free agency, be it through the draft, their receiving game will get better. Now, you can argue that the peak of Travis Kelsey has passed. It sounds like he's coming back for another go. To and fight I for his right to party, uh, man. He's uh, <laughs> he, he can probably just go ahead and and, and play football. He he's kind he of he's a, on the bro train, isn't if, he? If there's <laughs> a, a loser on the Chiefs after yesterday's game, it's Kelsey with his interaction bumping into Andy Reid, flying off the handle, and and then just his his shenanigans on the stage. It uh, it it's a little much, but uh, from an overall performance on the field, he was very good down the stretch and. Yeah, how do you bet? How do you possibly bet against Mahomes and Reed and what was a, a tremendous game? 49ers, Cal Shanahan is probably going to be viewed as how Andy Reed was viewed before he won a Super Bowl. It's a very good offensive coach, very good mind, just can't win the big one. And that's kind of Cal Shanahan right now. A lot of debate about overtime. Do you take the ball or not? And it's it's an interesting thought because you can score a defensive touchdown and then the game's over, right? Yeah, and if so, why not start on defense? Worst thing is they score, and it gives you the opportunity. I didn't think of it at the time. I haven't heard whether he said my defense was kind of tired. I wanted to give them a break, get my offense out there, kind of be aggressive. And I thought he was. The critique is that sometimes he lets off the gas or he's too conservative. When he went for it in that fourth and three, and they ended up getting the touchdown to Jennings to go in front in the third quarter, I believe it was maybe early fourth. Had he settled for a field goal. That's an example where I would say, oh, boy, here we go. Shanahan playing it. He didn't. He went for it on that fourth down. They converted. They got the go-ahead touchdown. So I think he did have the right mindset. But if you're going to beat Mahomes, you probably need to score more than 22 points in four-plus quarters. You have to score more points than that. I didn't mind them taking the ball first. I really didn't. But I can see where you would argue strategy-wise. I mean, now that with with these new playoff overtime rules where both teams are guaranteed the ball again like you said unless there is a defensive touchdown on that first series and we were wondering offline last night having a yeah. conversation what happened if the clock hit hit triple zeros and by all account the game was not over if it's the Chiefs first offensive series which it was I mean that's how long each of these teams had the ball in just that one overtime period they took up the yeah. full 15 minutes 
on two possessions, and the Chiefs could have said, uh, let's run this clock down. We'll just go to the other side of the field and continue to play. The and game could was have. not going to be over. I wasn't clear on that. I was wondering if they had we, Yeah, to, we both were. If, I, if the, I asked you the question. I, I wasn't sure. I, I went online and read the rules, and it said, at the end of that first overtime, somebody's winning or losing. I thought, but what if they're still driving? Trey Wingo, who loves the NFL, I texted him, and he said, no, they would have they would have been allowed to finish their possession even if the clock ran out. He said they would have switched side to the field, which is what you thought. But it's amazing that we weren't even sure about that. Uh, that What are the rules? Some of the 49er players have said, well, we didn't know. Like If we had scored a touchdown, would it have been – it's a little confusing. They've changed it, I think, for the better. But all these teams might want to educate their players, and maybe the league should educate us. The funny the thing is, are. the funny thing is, what what good or what what purpose does the clock serve in that overtime, other than the two minute warning? I guess right, You're right. because it doesn't really have any value. It, because it feels like how they do the college overtime, which is set the ball up at the twenty five. There is no there is no clock, and you each have your assigned possessions. Quite frankly. If there could be a little bit of a hybrid of the way these two do it, get rid of the clock in the NFL and and for college, same deal, Un, untimed downs. But go ahead and start way back at your own at your own twenty instead of this from the twenty five, which I used to like. But then they've decided, well, after two overtimes, we want to get this thing over with. So it's just a battle of two point conversions until we have a winner. That's ridiculous, and that right. needs to change. ASAP. The NFL, they're really, really close. I, I think it provided us with just a phenomenal ending to the game, a ton of dramatics, and ultimately it's, it's the Chiefs that uh, get it done. How about the Tony Romo meter? I thought he was a little more subdued at the beginning. I almost wondered if he heard some of his critics, and he was trying to tone it down, but then he would kind of get elevated. Jim, I'll tell you what, Jim, Jim. What I've noticed, he doesn't finish his sentences. He'll start a thought <laughs> He's like, I'll tell you, Jim, I think, I think defensively, and what I think what you're going to see is, and then he just stops. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what? I'm sorry, what are we going to see? But anyway, on the whole, just enjoyed the experience because it's the Super Bowl. If it's a dud, we complain about it. It was anything but a dud. The only complaint I have, it ruined my Sunday night show because we were live at 940. Oh, my gosh. It was a What nightmare. did you end up having on? Uh, Randy Carricker was there because we were going to break down. We were going to argue about Clark Hunt because he, do, he doesn't think Clark Hunt – did St. Louis dirty. I disagree that there's a little something there. Yeah. How egregious, I don't know, but we were going to debate that. So the show was going to be kind of, that was the lead-in, and then we were going to break down the game. Well, we couldn't show anything from the game because it wasn't over, so yeah. we had a gratuitous blues conversation, which was great. <laughs> and this is, how I, this is how I found out the Chiefs won. We were on the set, and I, God bless you because nobody saw it. I'm, I'm talking to Randy, and I, I see Glenn Zimmerman do the th- – uh, touchdown signal with his arms in the air. Touch, and I yelled, "Who? What?" And he said, "I don't know, but they scored." <laughs> <laughs> so I said on the air, "Hey, Randy, just look at your phone. Look at." He goes, "Oh, looks like Michael Hardman has caught the touchdown or something." <laughs> That's how I found out about it. What a mess! But it's fine. We'll, we'll all get back to normal. And coming up here, we've got what Tiger Talk. Tiger right? Talk is next. Uh, certainly, Oof. no real normal conversations these days about Tiger basketball. Still winless in the SEC. Talk some Valley hoops. The Valley on the Big Five Fifty at eight o'clock tonight. Looking forward to that. Want to remind you that AAA Home Services is a great sponsor of our show, but also it's a great time to get a rebate right now 
on your new furnace. If you've been putting it off maybe for more than a year, maybe for months, right now is the time to make the call. Find out more because you're going to get the best rebates of the year on an American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning Unit right now at AAA Home Services. These folks have been around for 54 years, keeping St. Louis families comfortable. That's a great thing to be able to say. Not five years, 10 years, 54 years of service. AAA Home Services really is one-stop shopping when it comes to all your home needs because they can do plumbing, electrical, appliance repair, all of it under one roof. It's aaastl.com. That's aaastl.com or call 636-397-3200. AAA Home Services for all your home needs and especially right now, great rebates on your new furnace. It's aaastl.com.